Housing to the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR. It's 855 AM. My name's Shane. I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing, Fiona? Hey Shane. Hey Shane, that's not an answer to the question. Oh, How are you doing? Fiona? I'm doing great. It's the Do last I? few days of 3CR's Radiothon and I'm really pumped because it's been such a fun month of raising money for the show. What a bizarre thing to say. Okay, a fun month of raising money. Yeah. So it is Radiothon time. Um we do encourage you still to make a donation. You can do that online at 3cr.org.au. Uh, call the station, whatever you would like to do. Um, Hags met its target, so you don't need to donate to our show anymore, but there's lots of shows on 3CR that would benefit from your money, and we certainly will not complain if you do throw some dollars our way. Of course, any money that you do donate goes to the station, not just That's us. Right. We just don't keep it in a little secret hag bucket and dole it out for snacks at well, our we, shows. We did find some money in a drawer recently. <laughs> Yeah. Which we promptly donated to Hag to the three CR. I don't know that's what <laughs> the, um, But yes, that's right. All the money goes to three CR to keep the station on the air, um, keep broadcasting shows that like this one, shows that would not get a, a go on the mainstream media. Um, so it's really important. Wanted to acknowledge some people who made donations since our last Radiothon special. Um, those are Claire, Christine. Jody and a very generous donation from a uh, certain Shane of Preston. Oh my God. Shane, spill the beans. How much did you donate to our show? To our show? Yes. Just want to specify, not to 3CR generally, but to our show, $8. $8 a day to keep the ABC on air. And look, here he is, $8 a year <laughs> from Shane. <laughs> Just want to note that I've donated $75 otherwise to 3CR, this Radiothon, and may donate more. But know. our show was $8 short of its target, so I was happy to just top that up. Some people would be grateful. Some. <laughs> it's good to know where your priorities lie, Shane. Priorities are with making sure that all the shows hit their target in an equal way and not doing as well as possible for my own show, which is hardly in the spirit of community radio now, is it, Fiona? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Look, it while is. we're bickering, can I just say, we rode our bikes here today from the office, first time we've ever done that, and the first thing that happened as I followed Fiona out of the office was she turned the wrong way up a one-way street. It's Look, a good, imagine the OH, imagine the work-safe claim if we'd been hit by a car. I am taking the Reclaim the Streets to its most obvious and sensible conclusion, which is... Take the shortest way, even if well, it's the Well, it definitely way. wasn't the shortest way because <laughs> twice as we rode Fiona's way to 3CR, we had to turn and go back because we had overshot the place that we wanted to be. Only by a couple of hundred metres at the most. Only by... Anyway, know, this is not a show about riding. You listen to the Yarra Bug show if you want to hear about riding. This oh, is about beautiful, housing. Beautiful work. So, so who, who are we going to talk to about uh, housing? So today on the show, we have an interview with um, Rebecca Cook, our early intervention and engagement worker, and she's going to talk about all of the ways that older people get involved in our organisation to make change. So we'll go straight to that interview now. Yeah. 
We're joined in the studio today by Rebecca Cook, our Early Intervention and Community Engagement Worker at Housing for the Aged Action Group. How are you going, Rebecca? I'm fine, thanks Fiona. How are you? Thanks for coming in today. We got you in at very last minute, so... Don't tell the listeners that. Why? (laughs) Keeps it real. (laughs) But it's a really great opportunity for us to hear about some of the work you've been doing. So perhaps you could start by telling us what it is that you do do at HAG. What's your role? So my role is largely doing community engagement. Um, So that's about getting out into the community and raising awareness about older people's experience of housing stress and homelessness. Um, It's also about um, trying to get as many volunteers as we can involved in our organisation, particularly people that have an experience of housing stress or homelessness, um, because the more people that we can have that can share their experience, um, the more awareness that we can raise and help break down the stigma that exists. So how do you go about raising awareness in the community? What is it that you do? Um, We do a lot of community education, so that can involve going to sort of talks at libraries or different um, community venues or settings. It's also speaking at forums and events. Um, And we also just do sort of advocacy on social media. Um, It's a whole range of, of ways to try and get out into the community to get our message across. And when you go to the libraries and to the community groups, what's the one key message that you want people to come away from? We want people to understand the risk factors for homelessness. So for an older person, that would be living in private rental on their own and being on a low income or government income um, We find that people aren't able to afford private rental on unlimited income. So we want people to realise that that's a risk um, and to seek help early before they reach a a crisis point with that. But there are additional risk factors for that. So we know that older women are particularly at risk. We know anyone from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds or LGBTIQA plus community might also face additional challenges. Um, But largely it's just trying to raise awareness of what those risk factors are so that people can seek um, support early. Yeah. And one of the things that we do at HAG is try to have working groups made up of older people who contribute to our service and also contribute to our campaigning. You assist some of those groups with how they run. Would you be able to tell us about a couple of those, maybe starting with the National Alliance? Yeah, so our National Alliance of Seniors for Housing is a group that meets online. Um, We have been meeting once a month, but we're now going to meet every two months now just to accommodate. There's so much work that we're doing at the moment. We've got to try and fit it all in. But um, this is getting people with experience of housing stress and homelessness from different states and territories across Australia to connect with one another, to share their experiences, because obviously every state and territory responds to their housing system is different so we like to understand the nuances of that Um, also as the only service in Australia that um, supports older people experiencing housing stress and homelessness we are actively trying to get services in other states and territories Um, so a big win has been getting one in Queensland that targets older women um, but we particularly want to get services across Australia that look at all older people and their particular housing needs Um, So the group is very much about advocacy and um, we're looking at sort of the National Housing and Homelessness Plan at the moment and how we can make sure that there's um, experienced voices, older people's voices within that development of that. Um, We also have a particular group that's based in New South Wales. Now this group is focused on New South Wales as a state where housing is particularly bad. Um, So we're very much concentrating on trying to get a service based on our Home at Last service in New South Wales, as well as lowering the priority age there um, in Victoria. We're quite lucky in that it's 55, but currently in New South Wales it's 80. Yeah. Um, and then we additionally we have an LGBTIQA plus reference group here that we work with as well. Um, obviously we look at the the needs of older LGBTIQA plus people. 
um, the fact that they're more likely to have experienced um, state-sanctioned discrimination and a range of issues that um, prevent them from accessing services. Um, and so we're trying to kind of pave the way that uh, they can also su- seek support early. Yeah. And with the New South Wales Lived Experience Group, they did quite a lot of because they're a relatively new group. So they did quite a lot around the state election in terms of raising awareness. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that they did, those older people? Uh, Yeah, they've been an amazing group, very passionate group. Um, So a lot of it has been around trying to meet with um, local members or MPs. It's been doing media interviews uh, where they can. It's been letter writing campaigns. Um, it's yeah, it's been a, a whole broad range base of advocacy just to sort of raise awareness of the housing issues that are in New South Wales at the moment. And you're currently looking for some more state representation. So we've got New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria and Western Australia, but we're seeking some other states to get involved too. Would you be able to tell us about that too? Yeah, we would really love to have more people in our National Alliance of Seniors Housing Group from South Australia, from the ACT, from the Northern Territory and from Tasmania if we can. Yeah, so if there's any listeners out there that are an older person um, of any gender who is over 55 or over 50 um, and is interested in advocating for improved housing either in their state or at the national level, then they can get in contact with HAG and meet online. And we do provide quite a lot of support for people that don't have digital access too. Maybe you could describe how that looks for you, (laughs) Rebecca, and having to get all those people online. Just some nervous laughter there. (laughs) Well, sometimes that involves having people on my phone, on speakerphone, so that they can connect into the Zoom. Um, It'd be really great if we could get some funding actually for some digital literacy training and actually getting people access to technology because not everyone can afford the luxury of a computer or a phone or the internet Mm. Um, so yeah we recognize that that is a barrier and we go to great lengths to make sure that we can remove all barriers so that everyone can participate yeah and it is a challenge and hats off to you for navigating those challenges I know it's hard sometimes Um, now we've just received some additional a small amount of grant funding for a project around older women's housing histories. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that project and what we're hoping to do? Yeah, no, we've been really fortunate to get some uh, a grant from the Victorian government. So it's around investing in uh, women. Um, it's looking at gender um, inequality or, or trying to get gender equality. Um, so the project that we're looking at doing is, is to create some digital stories about older women's housing experiences. And by older women, we're including cisgender, transgender, gender diverse, non-binary. Um, we're looking at the intersections of that with someone being culturally and linguistically diverse or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander or having a disability. What we're wanting to sort of highlight is women's diverse range of experiences in terms of their experience of housing stress or homelessness, whilst at the same time looking at the systemic issues that underpin all of that. So whilst there might be diversity within their stories, there's often like a common thread around what women experience um, in terms of the systemic reasons. So that could be, you know, having very little superannuation because that's not something that's been afforded to women or being in low-paid jobs, um, the economic aspects or disadvantage that women have experienced throughout their lives really add to that. 
Um, so we're wanting to kind of create some short two to five minute digital stories that capture these women's experience so they last as like a, a documentation of that, but also that we can use in our community engagement to raise awareness and to help break down the stigma um, so that people understand um, the diversity of experience out there for people experiencing housing stress and how really it can happen to anyone. Yeah. And sometimes I guess people might be nervous about telling their story or think that their story isn't that important or interesting or maybe they think that um, it's not something or they're not sure what parts to tell of their story as well or not something that people want to hear about. But you unpack that with the women and you've got some experience with some of the people in our other groups and also some support from a media advisor too. Would you be able to step people through how you go about you know, telling people, getting, helping, assisting people to tell their stories, which could be quite traumatic for reliving um, some of the stuff that's happened for people as well. So how do you go about supporting them? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be challenging for a lot of people to, to, to share that, that vulnerable side or that experience, particularly when stigma does exist in the community around homelessness. Um, and, and given that, um, you know, a lot of people have gone through traumatic experiences that have contributed to them experiencing homelessness. So a lot of it is working in very much a strength-based way. It's really giving people lots of agency and control around how their story is shared and helping them understand what parts need to be shared and what parts they don't have to um, and helping them work out where the boundaries are for them. So what they feel comfortable sharing, what they're not comfortable sharing um, and working through that so it's a very supportive process as part of this digital storytelling project what we're going to do is have like a mentoring program built into it so we've got volunteers that are very experienced at sharing their story um, and that can sort of mentor and talk um, the participants through how they might share theirs um, based on how what their experiences have been. Um, so we sort of want that extra support around, you know, when you know someone else that's done it, they know what the pitfalls are. They also know what the benefits are of having shared their story, um, that they can help guide and walk um, these women through that. And this project is starting basically now, isn't it? It so is, it is. We've got until February next year, but we're going to, we really want to kind of get onto it and start straight away. Yeah. So um, maybe if there's any listeners who are older women who think they might like to tell people what their story is with a bit of support from Rebecca and from our media guy, Kai, good, <laughs> good rhyming yes. name there, um, then they can get in contact. We'll put some. We'll put some information in the show notes and also we'll give, Shane will read out the phone numbers at the end of the show. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell listeners about your work? Um, I would just say just the importance of people being able to share their experience and what that does. Um, not only does it help raise community awareness, does it help break down stigma, but also changes policy. Mm. You know, if we can get government really listening to how many people are in housing stress right now and what the unique experiences are for older people including older women then we can create change mm. um, and that's what's really needed at this point in time so yeah anyone that is interested I would encourage you to to connect with us it's very much a supportive process and, and equally people have lots of control in this so if at the end of the day they got involved and they decided that they didn't want to continue people can always pull out mm. as well yeah yeah and also I guess people might like to just come and see what it's like too yeah so um Maybe if people are interested in joining the groups, there's always that option too to just come along yeah. and have a listen and see what other people are talking about. And There's a really nice social side to our group. So the connections that people form with each other is, is a significant part of why I think people volunteer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially post-COVID as well with all of the... Um, you know, social isolation, and we know that social isolation is a massive problem. 
So, yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for coming on, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, Fiona and Shane. No worries. Thank you. Stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2023. To donate, call the station 0394 8377 or donate online, 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned, stay radical. G'day, I'm Warwick Thornton, the writer-director of Samson and Delilah, and you're listening to 3CR. Uh, thanks, Warwick. You are listening to 3CR. This is 8.55am. This is Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. Here in the studio uh, with Fiona, my name's Shane. Uh, I'm unclear if we're pretending that Rebecca has left or not. Maybe <laughs> Rebecca is still here. Um, maybe not. Rebecca but is the ghost who walks. The ghost of the studio. Yep. So... Rebecca was just talking about the value of older people talking about their experiences. Um, I think that's really true. I think, you know, we often talk about how out of touch politicians are, but I think people do not realize how out of touch politicians are. And to an extent, how hungry they are to actually hear what normal people's lives are like. An unfamiliar topic, um, but they are fascinated by it. Um, It's like watching nature documentaries for them or something. So... (laughs) Fiona's just giving me the strangest look. That is appalling. The um, any politicians listening? Thanks for your uh, your interest in the show. I noticed that none of you donated to our radiothon fundraiser. (laughs) However, we just get a nice ten thousand dollar grant from the Victorian government. Thank you, Victorian government, if you're listening. That must be the nicest thing we've said about the Victorian government on this show in quite a while. And they would know, possibly ever. Um. So yeah, it is really important. And the thing that I think is the absolute bang and key for advocacy is data plus a story. Data plus a story equals absolute gold when you're speaking to a politician. Sorry, Fanny, you said the word data, I started going to sleep. Oh the reason that data is important is because they have to justify their decisions that they make, not based on a couple of anecdotes that they hear from people, but also on the numbers. So there's the people that like the numbers and the people that like the stories, but putting them together actually means that they... We'll make a decision, in my opinion, so, and my experience. HAG has a project coming up in August as part of Homelessness Week yeah. um, to help get some older people's stories out to decision makers. And data. Nobody cares about data, Fiona. No, they do. And the thing that's Nobody really, listening to this show. The thing that's really cool about this project is that we've been working with these researchers from three universities from across Australia, um, Curtin University in WA, Swinburne in Victoria, and the University of Western Sydney in New South Wales. And they have brought together a crack team of number crunchers who absolutely love a spreadsheet, I can tell you now. And they have been going through the census data from August 2021, which you will recall was right in the middle of COVID. So an interesting time for data collection across the country. And they've pulled all of those um, pieces of data together, looking at older people, not just who are being counted in the homelessness statistics, but older people who might be living in private rental, as Rebecca said, living on a fixed income like the pension um, or disability or carer's pension or job seeker. The, the highest proportion of older people of people on job seeker is people aged 55 plus, by mm-hmm. the way. So it is a really big cohort of people. And then looking at that compared with their tenure, so where they live, 
who they're renting from, and then making some assumptions around their rental stress and the likelihood of being at risk of homelessness. And all of that data has been put together into a package, uh, a report, a number of reports, a national report and also a state by state. And we're going to be launching those reports in Canberra with a delegation of older women who have actually experienced the implications of what these numbers mean in real people's lives. So it's pretty exciting. We haven't, we've been wanting to do a delegation to Canberra for years and years and never actually done it since probably the 90s, I think, when Bernie Duff was around. Um, so it's been a while, but it's been a, um, a really good chance to bring people together from across the country too. Will they be chaining themselves to the, the Parliament House steps? I don't know how you chain yourself to a step. I think but, they've, they've designed Parliament House in such a way that it's very difficult to do any direct action. There's a massive lawn in front of most of it and it's in a big circle. But I think the last time the HAG delegation went up, they got chicken food and they spread chicken feed in Parliament oh, House good. as a metaphor for how much was being spent on housing. And that was, I mean, it was pretty bad back then, but pretty bad now too. So we won't be doing any chicken feed, but we will. Oh, come on. It's a good bit. <laughs> it's quite good. Uh, maybe there'll be a chicken soup. No, what we're going to be doing is having... Um, <laughs> soup is not a good... What's that a metaphor for? I'm not quite sure. Chicken soup for the soul. Wasn't that a book? Um, anyway, so what we're going to have is a couple of people from um, Queensland, a few people from New South Wales, a couple of people from Victoria, and at least one from Western Australia. All of them have got different experiences. They have quite diverse experiences of housing stress and homelessness, um, but they all have really great stories to tell and they're very much passionate advocates for the cause. Um, so they'll be coming up. We'll be trying to meet with as many politicians as we can. Listeners will remember that we had Emma from National Shelter on a little while ago speaking about the budget. So she will be assisting us um, to work out the best people to meet with and, and also friends, parliamentary friends of housing um, will be involved as well. And they're the politicians who probably care the most about housing in the chamber. It's also parliamentary sitting week, which means there'll be quite a few people around and it could be quite newsworthy given the state of the legislation going through at the moment with the homeless, um, the housing affordability fund. So yeah, all sorts of things going on. Awesome. Yeah. We'll also have a couple of people from um, organisations or who have wear two hats. So people that really care about, um, say, for example, the pension rate or other issues to do with older people um, as well as housing. So we'll try and we'll try and get some meetings happening and try and get some actual decisions made. That sounds nice. Um, uh, is there scope for people to get involved with that if they'd like to be part of a delegation to Canberra? I don't know. I think <laughs> we should have talked about this before we went on the I air. was just thinking about that. Like I think it will be lovely to have as many people as possible there. We do have the logistical challenges to work out at the moment um, and we also have funding things to work out at the moment. So we are juggling a little bit. But, yeah, if someone's dead keen, um, we can certainly have a chat with them. How's right. that sound? They can, and, you just have to bring your own chicken feed. Yeah, bring your own chicken feed, your own chicken soup. Um, and also we're hoping to be able to – live stream it in some way so I don't know what Parliament House is like in terms of Zoom meetings but I have a feeling it's probably not great um, if it is though if we can manage to wrangle it it would be great if we could have people 
participating online, chucking questions in the chat that we can then have the panel, we want to have a panel discussion. Um, and we're also going to have one of the researchers there on the day speaking to the research too. So for those people that do care about numbers, we'll have an expert there. Listeners, this is an official uh, survey at 3CR. Can you, can you call us and let us know, do you care about data? That's yes or no question. Do you care about data? Get on the phone, <laughs> flood the lines with the yes vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, ironically, it, uh, as, par- as the no party, I just don't care what the results are. <laughs> Of course you don't. I think it's going to be good. So, yeah, get involved. Also, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on for Homelessness Week in August. Um, I know that lots of other local groups are doing things. There's going to be something happening at Victorian Parliament House as well, I believe, that the Western Local Area Service Network, which is made up of homelessness organisations, they're organising that. They're also selling some merch, um, raising funds for their network. And that's they're a really great bunch of people because they see every day just how much the housing crisis is impacting on their services um, in terms of nowhere to nowhere to send people anymore, really terrible, terrible options for crisis accommodation, dodgy hotels and all this kind of stuff. So they've been strongly advocating for improved um, housing options for a long time. And I believe that there'll be some other local events as well happening. I think we're going to be doing some stuff in the libraries um, and we'll be doing some community education in some, you know, suburban community centres and things like that. So keep your eye out on our website. I know that we are doing a library tour um, around that time. So a we library? Sh- what is a library? That sounds great. I know. A library tour is really what, cool. What is that? A library tour is when you go to the libraries and you talk about <laughs> yeah, I got that part. <laughs> older people and housing and homelessness. Um, it's part of Re- Rebecca's work. She mentioned it earlier. So I was definitely paying attention then. Yep. So basically we're trying to get to the places where older people go for information. And according to the libraries network, um, lots of people who are older in rural and regional areas go to libraries more so than in the cities where it tends to be families and younger people and mm. story times and things like that. So we know that older people are a really important place for not just information but also connecting with the internet, assisting people to navigate forms, all of the stuff that is difficult when everything these days is online. So that's why we're going to the libraries. Awesome. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> Do you want to update us about your work? Oh, absolutely not. Why not? Well, because my work is confidential in nature, I can't really talk about it on the air. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't mean individual <laughs> name and shame. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to talk about? I was wondering if you'd like to talk to us about the Retirement Villages Act or the Res oh, Parks I work mean, or all well, of the incredible advocacy work that you do that doesn't involve confidential information. Um, well, listeners, as Fiona knows well, the Retirement Villages Act Review has had some confidential meetings that I can't discuss. Um, the... We're at the exposure draft stage, though, which is really great. It means things are progressing. I don't know that that's really great. The direction they're progressing is not very promising, I would have to say, based on the exposure draft, um, which I am allowed to comment on. Uh, the Res Park, I mean, what, Fiona, what do you want to say? The Res Park stuff, what, do you want, what are we talking about? So We're trying to convince politicians yes. to do something about residential parks. Yes, that's exactly it in one. And we're at the stage where we're thinking about how to do that. Yes. So it's very exciting for the listeners to hear that we're thinking about how to try and get politicians to do something. Well, I think that it's not a very well understood form of housing. That's I think right. it's a very 
like attractive form of housing for a lot of older people because it's mm. affordable, because it's a community based, because it's, you know, in places where people want to live. But there's issues in retirement housing in res parks and yeah, a lot of residents have been raising awareness of these issues, but not much is being done about it at the political level. And I feel like we're starting to make a little bit of progress. Um, but there is more awareness that the government does seem to be aware that there's an issue that they need to address. It has been parked for a long time because they were looking at retirement villages, which doesn't encompass this type of housing. Oh, well, you can't you can't let the government get away with these excuses. It's oh, not it's an been, excuse. It's been just parked because we were doing this other thing. Well, they're always doing some other thing. It's about like they're making those priorities. They're deciding mm. not to do this. And they're saying it's because we're doing this other thing. But it's because they're like pitching, you know, different groups' interests against each other. Well, I think it's also about their priorities are the priorities that the community tells them about. And because the residents oh, are because the residents are talking to politicians now about it, they are paying attention and I think that's a win. I think this so, show is descending into liberal centrism and I won't stand for it. <laughs> Anyway, if you are a resident of a, a res park or a manufactured home or a lifestyle village, as they're also called, get in contact and we can put you in touch with the people that are making the changes. And that's about all we have time for, believe it or not. What's believe the contact not. numbers? Uh, if you want to get in touch with HAG, if you're an older Victorian with a housing issue that you want to talk to someone about, the best number to call us on is 1300 765 178. That's 1300 765 178. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch about uh, Rebecca's work, uh, about the Canberra delegation, about residential park stuff, any of those sort of organisational policy type aspects of HAG's work, the best number is 96547389. That's 96547389. You can also check out our website. It's oldertenants.org.au. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, probably other forms of social media that are proliferating as we speak. Are we on Blue Sky? Are we on TikTok? Are we on any of those? No. Fiona's shaking her head. Well, maybe maybe we'll be on some new social media apps by the time we get back here next month. I doubt it. Doubt it. We're going to finish up with a song. It's called... So I just want to say that I failed to play Amel and the Sniffers for Ruben last month. So I've made Fiona queue up an Amel and the Sniffers song this time. Um, I don't know this band. It sounds quite offensive. Uh, listeners, there might be some swear words in the next few minutes. Uh, tune out if you don't want to hear that sort of thing. Yep, it's Avalon the Sniffers and it's called Security and I'm going to play it now. See you next time. Bye.